Good evening, church, and Merry Christmas Eve. Tonight we're reading from Luke 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her first son, firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And this is the word of the Lord. Good evening, church. Let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for your precious gift of Christ, who is the light of the world, the true light who gives light to every man who came into the world. We ask that his light may down in our hearts by the Holy Spirit so that we may see him and know him and rest upon him as he is offered to us in your word. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Caesar Augustus was the head of the Roman Empire at the moment of the birth of Jesus. Caesar Augustus means the revered revere one or the exalted one. I think this is giving trouble again. Use this one. Is that okay, Carlitos? Yes, it is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this title was given to him because he ended a long 
period of war in the Roman Empire. And after this, he was acclaimed as the Prince of Peace and the Savior of the world. The famous Pax Romana, or Roman peace, began during his reign. The economy boomed under his rule, and Rome was elevated as the most glorious empire ever. Temples were built, forums, coliseums, public baths, and a whole new road system connecting the entire Roman Empire. In most major cities of the empire, e images of Caesar Augustus had been built with the famous inscription, Caesar is Lord. However, under the polished public image of Augustus was a horrible reality. He had no mercy on any perceived enemy. And the peace he obtained resulted from a very, very violent character. No one dared to resist his, total, his totalarian, totalarian rule. I'm sorry. I'm totalitarian rule. Thank you. This Roman peace was more coercion, fear, and oppression than it was genuine peace. So the introduction to our text in this chapter start with verse one saying, in those days, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Do not think for a moment that this census was only to know the, only to known the number of subjects in his kingdom. No, Caesar's intentions were different. In his mind, he has taxes. The purpose of this census was to collect taxes from all the conquered people. And so here appears in an, in an evident contrast, Joseph and her very, very pregnant wife, Mary, walking 90 miles from Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee to the small town of Bethlehem. Two seemingly insignificant people among the many subjects of Caesar Augustus, Joseph and Mary were among the poorest and most tired travelers who could not find a place to sleep. They were far from their home and family. They did not have any friend waiting for them with a hot meal and a place to stay. And in these, in these circumstances, the scripture tells us that Mary 
gave birth to her firstborn and laid him in a manger. Here, Luke presents the contrast of the story. From a human perspective, it appears that Caesar Augustus is in absolute control of the Roman Empire. It appears he is giving orders for every movement in every corner of the empire. But Luke tells us otherwise. There is another hand at work in and through all these everyday events. While Herod, Quirinius, and Caesar Augustus supposedly held power, God moved them as chess pieces to fulfill his purposes. On that day, in that very moment in history, in the city of David, Bethlehem, a child is born to inherit the throne of his ancestor, King David. As a turn of events, in the unexpected and in the most unlikely of circumstances, under the very nose of the greatest of the empire, a child is born. The true shepherd and king, the true prince of peace, the savior is born. This prince of peace is nothing less than God himself coming to our rescue. The peace he brings comes not from a military power, but from mercy and justice. He will not use violent force, but sacrificial love and forgiveness. Notice the contradiction between the news from the palace of Caesar Augustus and the announcement of Jesus' royal birth. This announcement came first to some of the shepherds working in the darkness of the night. This announcement came first to the lowliest of the lowliest in the Roman Empire. His announcement did not come demanding, but offering something. His announcement was offering everlasting peace. We often romanticize this, these shepherds taking care of the flock at night. But shepherds were considered a not desirable company in those days. They were poor and uneducated and considered among the people who agreed to do anything for a bit of pay. They were the outcast of our time, those of lower social class. They were those with nothing to give. Yet, it is to these people 
that the angels announces. The verse of what we find in verses 10 and 11. Fear not. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Notice the contrast. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born the true Prince of Peace. The news of the birth of Jesus is for all people, rich and poor alike. But to receive this good news of peace, we must have the humility to accept that there is nothing we can offer in return, that, they, that we are poor and in need of a Savior. The great News of Christmas is for everybody to come by faith like the shepherds to see Jesus, not in a palace, but in the humblest of places, laying in a manger. There lies down the Prince of Peace, who came not to take anything, but to give everything including the peace that everyone desperately needs, the peace with God. This is the message of Christmas. As Mary sang in Luke chapter 1, verse 52, God brings down the powerful from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. Some time after, Caesar Augustus was brought down from his earthly and temporary throne. And the day will also come when all the emperors and all the kingdoms on this earth will fall as well. While Jesus the one who came to be born in the lowliest of places will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It is worth noticing that the circumstances then and now are not that different. We still live in this world dominated by many little Caesars, us included. And we are still in love with wealth, social class, power, and desire for recognition. But most of us, the older ones at least, have seen how all these little and big empires have an end. The birth of Jesus reminds us that the king has come. The prince 
of peace has come, and before him every kingdom will fall, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior, some willingly and some not so willingly, but everybody will bow before him. The birth of Jesus reminds us that our personal little kingdoms will pass away one day. The things we hold on so tightly will one day pass away. Our seeking for power and control will one day pass away. Our efforts for security and peace based on our own strength and our own intelligence and our own efforts will one day pass too. The message of Christmas is that God's Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world, has arrived among us and he has come to stay. The good news of a great joy is that the Savior is born for us. He has come to bring peace on earth that surpasses all understanding. He came to bring, to bring peace on earth by reconciling us to God and one another. This sacrificial love started with his humble birth in the lowliest of places, a stable a manger. He continued throughout his life. Jesus never had a place to rest. And he finished it at the cross between two despicable thieves. The lowly king came to give, not to take. The good news of great joy is that peace on earth is obtained among those with whom God is pleased. And the only way God is pleased with us is when we recognize that we are poor, outcast, and in need of a Savior. As we celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace tonight, the invitation is to come and see the sign left for us. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. When we see Jesus in his humiliation, when we see Jesus in this sign, we will be able 
to glorify God and to praise God for all that we have heard and seen as the shepherds did. This sign will make us look forward to the day when the Prince of Peace will come for a second time and will reign in justice, mercy, peace, and love in all its fullness. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. And thank you for that sacrificial love to be born and to be one of us. Even though you were the king of the universe, you came to the lowliest of places. You came in witness. And through, though, and through that weakness, you show that you conquer the world through your love, through your sacrificial love for all of us. Help us today as we consider your birth to see that you are the king and that all shall pass and that you will come for a second time and every knee will bow this time before you. Help us today to put our crowns, to put our gifts, to put our talents, to put our possessions at your feet and to give you the place that you deserved as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. During the past Sundays of Advent, we have been lighting the candle of hope, the candle of peace, the candle of joy, and the candle of love. All these are gifts that we received only because of Jesus. Tonight, the night of his birth, is the culmination, culmination of all this gift offered to all of us. These gifts are wrapped for all of us in the person, in the work of Jesus. Tonight, we light the Christ candle remembering Jesus' words, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.
And once you have the light, we are invited to reflect his light to others. Probably someone can help me to turn off the lights. Now I want to invite you to sing together this last song. Once everyone's candle is lit, we'll sing Silent Night together. sing together. Roarious dreams from heaven 
you now to blow out your candles, keeping them vertical. And finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.